Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma, and you've checked into Moving Up the Ladder here on localjobnetwork.com radio. Now, as always, this podcast looks to examine some issues within the employment and business spectrum, hoping to help you succeed no matter where you are in your career. Now, the issue at hand today is the status of hiring for employers and some of the factors that are creating these issues to fill positions. Despite a steady unemployment rate around 7%, sure seems like there should be some sort of match between the supply and demand. Our guest, Tim Sackett, brings his experience perspective to discuss these details. Tim is the president of HRU Technical Resources, also has 20 years of HR and recruiting background in Fortune 500 companies as well. Tim, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, Well, you know, it is an interesting topic and it's something that is constantly talked about, whether it be on radio shows or in articles. And it's the idea of hiring and the, the struggles employers are having. And you brought up an interesting point, though, how are baby boomers actually affecting what's going on right now? Well, you know, we've been hearing for probably a decade, right, the tsunami of retirement and all of our parents, grandparents, depending on what age you are, that these baby boomers are going to start retiring. This is the largest generation, you know, of our time. But, you know, the recession hit, went on anywhere from seven to 10 years, five years, depending on what part of the country, what you were doing, blah, blah, blah. The reality was, is I think a lot of baby boomers who might have thought they could retire maybe early 60s, late 50s, you know, mid 60s, whatever it might be, their timing all got pushed. My father was one of them. He's 72 and just decided to retire this year. Mm. So they, they felt like, oh my gosh, we're going to go through recession. Stock market took a hit. My retirement savings took a hit, blah, blah, blah. You know, they got, it went down that path where I think everybody felt like, oh my gosh, if I have a job, and they're paying me well, and I have good benefits, I'm just going to keep it. I'm not retiring. Right. I'm too scared. Yeah. And everybody was that way. I mean, from coast to coast, I mean, no matter what age you were, I mean, we saw record low turnover rates around companies because people were so afraid to leave a job that they had, even if they didn't like it, <laughs> um, or they felt like they wanted to leave. And I think, you know, we're now seeing, you know, a record year in the stock market last year where so many people's kind of 401ks and retirement, you know, accounts came back. At the same time, we're seeing you know, industry come back um, ac- across, you know, the, a board where jobs are coming back. And so now people are going, hey, you know, maybe it's time. I mean, right. we're even hearing, you know, more and more companies starting to offer buyouts again, you know, in the Fortune 500 where they're going, you know what, um, it's time for us to kind of uh, take a look at how do we bring in some of these young college grads, sure. um, you know, by kind of helping people get in, you know, to finally retire. Did the recession and the subsequent baby boomers staying within companies and keeping those jobs, did that maybe cause a little false sense of security with employers where even though it was anticipated this would happen at some point, they're left scrambling a little bit now because of these retirements that are actually coming to fruition after 2013? I think it's going to make the problem worse in the coming years, you know, because I think what happened was it did give this kind of this false sense of uh, security of, you know what, this thing was all, it, this is Y2K, this is never going to happen, <laughs> and we're not going to see it. But the recession basically kind of just delayed it. Right. But what, what it did was delay something that was going to take place over a decade, right? It was going to take about 10 years mm-hmm. for this all to happen, and now it's going to get pushed into about five years, right. or maybe even, you know. And so all it did was really delay the inevitable. I mean, the inevitable is these people will retire. <laughs> or and if they don't retire out of the full-time workforce, they're going to want to go part-time, or they're going to want to go into, you know, kind of a retirement-type career where they're working, you know, a few hours a week. Or just um, we have people now that come back. You know, we, we actually employ quite a few uh, technical, um, like, engineering-type retirees who will just do project stuff. Like, hey, I'm willing to do something for three months during the winter, sure. but during the summer, I want my time off. Or 
I'm going to take the winter off and go to Florida, but during the summer, I'm willing to come back and work for, you know, <laughs> three or four months. And so we're already starting to see a lot of that happen. So I think it just kind of, it kind of delayed everything for a while. Now, is that something you would suggest companies look into doing, at least maybe as some sort of transition, or would it be better to sort of cut bait and try to bring in that, that new talent? No, I think we see a lot of companies doing the transition where they're, they're asking people, even if it's, hey, are you willing to give us a day or two a week? You know, are yeah. you willing to give us 20 hours? Let us go out and hire somebody new, accountant, uh, marketing person, salesperson, you know, engineer, whatever it might be. And then we're going to team you up with this individual who's going to kind of try to try to be your, you know, mentor for a while and share some of this knowledge and whether, even if it's 90 days, um, 60 days, whatever it might be. So we're seeing a lot of retirements that aren't necessarily happening. We're seeing the retirement party and then the person coming back to work the next week, but just in a reduced capacity really for, for hours more sure. than anything. Well, it does make sense on, on some levels there. And you know, part of this conversation, and you brought it up, you read about it all the time, is the idea that skilled labor positions are really a, a struggle in terms of employers finding the right fit, finding the right people. I mean, why why is this happening in in your view? Are there specific reasons why this workforce is really just having a problem? Well, Tim, I'm I'm 42, uh, you know, years old, and so when I went to high school, I was forced to go through some classes I didn't want to go through. Right, like I was I was definitely on the college path. I knew, all, mm-hmm. you know, from a young age, I wanted to go to university and I, you know, and study something. I didn't know what that was, but I was going to go to university and study something. But I was forced to take woodshop. I was forced to take auto mechanics. I was forced to take a machining class. You know, where we actually did worked on a lathe and stuff like that. I was forced to do industrial arts. Even though I wasn't going to go down that path, I had to do it. Right. There's there a lot of individuals I went to high school with who have that as a career today. You know, there's there's roughly you know fifty to a hundred thousand dollar auto body jobs open in the U.S. right now from coast to coast. Hmm. In the average age, is fifty three years old. Nobody comes out of high school anymore thinking they want to go work and be an auto body mechanic and do, do body work on cars. Our school, public school systems, and even private school systems have gotten to the point where you have three paths. You can go to college, you can go to a military, or you can go to prison. I mean, that's really the three <laughs> paths you have right. coming out of public school. If you're a high school student today, you do that. That's all these people talk about is you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college. And even like you know, two-year programs don't necessarily teach the skilled trades. I mean, we work with a lot of companies, being in Michigan and being heavily manufacturing environment. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we have companies every day who are begging, who are saying, "Look, just find me someone who wants to work, and we'll teach them." These skilled trades will teach them how to do this. And these jobs are paying, you know, 18, you know, coming in at $18 an hour entry level. And, you know, and soon, you know, after a year of experience, sometimes they're making $24, $25, $28 an hour. Wow. But they're not, we're not creating these individuals at a young age. Um, they, they just feel like, you know, hey, I'm either going to, you know, come out and be, you know, go to college and I'm going to go and make, you know, tons of money after I graduate from college, which again is a misnomer we kind of give them. Or I'm going to go to military, and or you know, I joke with everybody and tell them, or you're going to prison. That's the those are the only options you have, right? Or because I go, oh well, I'm going to get a service job, and then I'm going to feel like my my life's a dead end, and then I'm going to start doing drugs, I'm going to get a neck tattoo, and no one's going to want to hire me, and it just kind of it goes down this path of just you know, eventually you're going to end up in jail, and I think we've gotten to that point. Now again, you and I aren't going to fix this, you know, on, on a podcast, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's one I, of those things where I think it hurts. <laughs> we, we take a look at it. We go, why? You know, people will sit there and go, Tim, come on. Hiring's not coming back. I mean, it's really bad still. I mean, there's 
there's 7%, 8%, 9% unemployment, depending on where you're at. And I'm like, yeah, but nobody wants to hire that 7% who's unemployed right now. And that's a problem. And I think that's that's where people are confused, I think, is they continue to see the unemployment numbers, but then they hear or, you know, you can go online and see all these jobs that appear to be available. So what is that disconnect? Then you talk about you, you don't want to hire that 7%. Why? What is the issue there? Well, here's the issue. It's because we have, you know, we, so we, you know, the jobs that disappeared during the recession, you know, a lot of those jobs were replaced by automation. They were replaced by technology. They were replaced by software, whatever it might be. And so you have an automotive plant that used to employ 5,000 people, now only has to employ 800 people to do the same amount of work and probably actually produces more cars at a higher quality. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with those other 4,200 people? Well, you know, you get, you know, get politicians together, you get governors together, and they go, oh, put them to a Java class, and we'll teach them how to be Java developers, and they can be IT professionals. Well, guess what? You don't take somebody off the line, turn in a wrench, and turn them into a Java developer overnight. I mean, it takes... It take, for one, it takes some just underlying firepower within the individual that want to do that job. Mm-hmm. They're very difficult technical positions. Um, you can't just take them to a two-year program. You can't take them to a 16-week class and teach them how to do a job like that. And I think that's the problem we run into, you know, where we're not matching the skills and the desires of an individual coming out of an unskilled labor force to how do we turn them into a skilled labor force that, that matches. You know, it seems like whether it's the military or the government or local, federal, state kind of job banks and agencies, none of this money is being funneled to the same place. It's all kind of being spread out. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it, every what we're doing is an inch deep and a mile wide versus making it a mile deep and an inch right. wide. We're not having that impact that we need to with the dollars that are being spent. So among your yourself, your peers, you know, people in, in different industries maybe you've talked with, is there any suggestion to make it more about this, you know, depth versus width? I mean, do you have suggestions? Are there any programs that are out there to maybe help bridge this gap a little bit? Well, I, again, I think it starts at a young age. I think it starts in junior high. I think it starts in high schools where we get back to public education and tell kids, you know what, we're always going to have to manufacture goods in the U.S. And we're a big country. <laughs> you know, we wag the world kind of thing. You know, it's so we're always going to manufacture goods. They might manufacture them in China and they might do stuff in other countries and down in Mexico, but we're still, we still have that need here. We still need skilled trades. And especially with this, you know, so now, we, now we get back to, it comes full circle back to the baby boom right. again, right? Now we have this gigantic generation that's going to retire. And all of these people are the people who are doing these things. We have, we worked with um, the largest, ar- the army has a gigantic manufacturing facility in Rock Island, Illinois. It's, it's in the middle of the Mississippi River on an island. And they do that because they thought back in the day when they actually built this place like 150 years ago, what happens if we get invaded as a country? <laughs> Let's have this place where we can make guns. Right. That is literally the reason why they had it, right? And so they have a foundry where they can actually make you know, cannons and guns and tanks. They can do everything from raw material and make everything right in this one facility. Well, the foundry, literally the average age of the foundry workers is over 60 years Holy old. Holy cow. Most of, the people, most of the people are in their 70s. Wow. And they haven't ta- taught anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem they have is they have people dying <laughs> at work. <laughs> it's not retiring necessarily. It's uh, retiring no, from this they're world. Begging yeah. them, they're begging them to stay. <laughs> and yet there's just not enough foresight to say, you know what, let's bring in individuals. Let's go out and say, hey, we, we want to find people who just want to do, who are hardworking, who have a good kind of knowledge, mechanical knowledge, whatever it might be, and we're going to bring them in and teach them how to do these jobs. 
I think it starts back at a very young kind of age where we go and tell these kids, you know what, you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or a teacher. You can be a welder. You can be an electrician. You can be a plumber. You can be, you know, let, teach them what a pipe fitter mm-hmm. is. Teach them what, you know, a machinist does and, and let them know that these are, these are valuable professions to be a part of. Like these, this is what has made America what it is and what's going to continue to be, you know, to be American is, is to have all of these things. You know, it's not a bad thing to be a ditch digger. The world needs ditch diggers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, we, we make it sound to our kids that that's a horrible profession to be in. You know. you're, you're completely right. And, and from personal experience, my brother, I mean, right out of high school, just started, you know, roofing and then he got involved with the union and he's kind of worked his way up there. But he's done a great job for himself and loves the work, makes good money, you know, has a career plan in front of him. So uh, to your point, the idea that everyone has to go to college, it, it doesn't really help. It doesn't help society as a whole, but it also may be hurting some of these individuals like you've talked about. Well, and I think it, it creates more of this division that we have in our, in our society of, of the mm-hmm. haves and the have nots. Um, and I think when we take a look at how do we solve that, you know, and you can take and say, oh, we're going to solve it through taxing and we're going to solve it through this. And politicians aren't going to solve this issue. We're going to solve this through getting good work for good people that pays a fair wage. Um, and I think that comes back to valuing, you know, some of those work, some of the jobs that people do that, you know, what they come home at mm-hmm. night, they're dirty. Right. You right. know, they got dirt underneath their fingernails. They, they work their butt off. They're exhausted, but they enjoyed what they did. And at the end of the day, they have a great product to show for it. And it's like, you know, I have, I enjoy sitting in an office and, you know, being on the phone and working on the computer. I have a cousin who can't stand that. To <laughs> yeah. him, that would be torture, right? He has to be outside. He has to be doing something with his hands. And I think there's so many people like, that are like that. And I think it's just a misnomer that we put on kids to say, you know, you, know, you, you need to be a lawyer. You need to be the president. Right, you need to be right. the doctor. <laughs> and they go, I don't want to do that. <laughs> now, we can talk about, you know, of course, education being important and starting young and early and, and changing maybe the perception a little bit of, of some of these jobs. But the reality is, as you mentioned, it's sort of a desperate situation for employers right now because they still yeah. need to solve their problems. They need to fill spots. What do you suggest as maybe some tips or strategies they can use to, I mean, just help facilitate a little bit of what's going on and, and maybe they got to take some chances. I guess, where do you go with this if you're talking to an employer? I think we have to get back to looking at individuals who really, I mean, we, we hear, you hear and I hear, I mean, a lot of us in the, in the industry hear a lot from job seekers who, who have been long-term unemployed, who just want to work, right? Mm-hmm. I'll do anything. But yet they're not working and they're not doing anything. And so I, I always give job seekers this advice of saying, go get any job. I don't care if it's shoveling snow. I don't care if it's, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's, working the fryer. Do anything to show that you do have that work ethic and you mm-hmm. will move up quickly. And, it is, and so it doesn't matter. The, the worst thing we have, and, and HR is really bad at this, and, and I would say hiring managers in general, executives and companies, leaders who are making hiring decisions, look at somebody and say, you've been out of work for two years. And I'll go, oh, yeah, I was laid off in the recession and I'm a finance person. And they'll go, you haven't worked for two years. And I go, oh, there's no jobs. And they look at that person as, you don't hmm. want to work. Not that you can't be a great finance person. Not that you weren't a great finance person. They look at them and say, if I was in your situation, what would I have done? I would be delivering pizzas. I'd be mowing lawns. I'd be doing anything I could do to make two cents, to make so I wouldn't have to be on unemployment, to make so I wouldn't have to be. And I think that's the struggle that most um, employers are in, is they see long-term unemployed Mm-hmm. And they think broken. And it's gotten to that point. 
And so, you know, I think for job seekers, it's go do anything. And people will go, gosh, that's not what I, I'm a professional. That's <laughs> not what I do. And I'm like, oh, you're doing nothing right, right. now. <laughs> so do something. And then now you have a story, right? Now you can go into an employer who, who does finally see your resume and say, hey, this person was in finance. Looks like they have a really great career or some really great companies. Obviously lost a job during the mass layoff in the recession. The last two years, they've been managing a McDonald's. They put. Mm-hmm. They, they want to work. They they they're desperate to work. I want that person on my team, and it sends a different message. And people go, no, then I'm going to be stuck in this other career path. And sometimes you know what? Yeah, you are. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it comes back to do you want to work or not? As employers go, I think we have to get very comfortable of taking a look at individuals and going, you know what? I want to go and find again very you know kind of enthusiastic, hardworking individuals, and, and believe me, that's a really hard t- that's a, sure. a skill in itself right now because we we seem to have a lot of people who don't really <laughs> want to work too hard, they, but they want to get paid a lot of money and have great benefits. Let me just go find great, hardworking people, and no matter if they have a degree, maybe they're maybe they're a sophomore in college and they just and I but I can pull them off and get them working right now. And, and start che- teaching them what to do. Most of the jobs we have, I mean, I run a recruiting company, um, and most of my people have college degrees. They don't mm-hmm. need college degrees. The reason I hire someone with a college degree is because it shows me that they had the wherewithal to finish a, a, a really big project, which was a four-year project right. of getting a degree. <laughs> you know, you, you actually had the wherewithal to go through and finish this. It's, it's expensive. It's hard to do. You got to keep coming back. You have teachers you don't like, classes you don't like. But at the end... You finished it. And to me, that showed more than, I don't care if your degree was in anthropology or business or engineering or whatever it was. That doesn't matter to me. It was, you had this dictatorativeness mm-hmm. to actually finish something. And to me, that, was, that shows value. People always go, well, why do, you, why do you hire someone with a college degree? And I'm like, because it shows me something. You know, it doesn't mean that they necessarily work harder, but it showed me they did work hard for four years to get done. Right, you know? right. So. As opposed to the person who isn't doing anything or hasn't done anything. Yeah. I mean, if that's all you have to compare with, I mean, then that's what you got to go with, I suppose. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and unfortunately, I think, you know, a four-year degree has really become the replacement for a high school education nowadays, right? I mean, that's what, you know, I'd, almost, right. you know, most employers kind of look at it, yeah, unless it's a specialized, if it's an engineering degree, accounting if it's if it's a business degree, a marketing degree, a public relations degree, you know, anything like that, I think they just kind of look <laughs> at it and say, oh, so you had four more years of high school. You know, that was good. You finished it. Good for you. You know, you probably have a little bit more knowledge, a little bit, you're, you're a little bit more mature at this point, hopefully. Um, but for the most part, I think that's what it's kind of replaced. I think it is a fair statement and is what we hear from uh, a number of employers and different individuals we work with as well. So I think you're you're right on point with that. Unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on this episode of Moving Up the Ladder. Uh, Tim, we definitely appreciate your insights and the conversation on this. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, we have been speaking with Tim Sackett. He is the president of HRU Technical Resources. And you can find more of his insights on the popular blog, Fistful of Talent. You can find that at fistfuloftalent.com. If you have any suggestions, any comments for our shows, we'd love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.